right. All right. So we got a podcast actually going for you guys. Um and titles work in progress. This is the first one. We're gonna to try to get this out. This is our beta test. We're gonna see how this goes. Um, so we got a few topics for you guys. We're going to talk about uh, the 2021 draft class. Um, we're going to give our grades on that, what we think about the class overall. We're going to talk about the state of our personal teams, our favorite teams, and what we think they need and improvements that we've seen over the season. Um, yeah. We have a, a, a spotlight um, category where we both talk about a player that may be the same player it doesn't matter. Uh, a player that we think um, is a, either a surprise this year or has just been balling this particular week or whatever. Um, and we're probably going to talk about a little news, maybe hit on the Deion Sanders uh, going to Colorado thing, because I think that's pretty good personally. Um, and we're going to have an overrated segment that we're going to try to do every week, every time we do. Uh, people we think are overrated or teams we think are overrated. I may consistently have the same thing there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, uh, we're gonna have a segment, another segment that I think we're gonna try to do uh, every week is undervalue and overvalue segment. Is just pretty much self-explanatory. Who we think is valued at, you know, a pace that they shouldn't be, or someone that isn't. Um, and then our sleeper of the week. So like I, I think it could be anything like uh, a player that we think would do well in fantasy or um, just based off of a matchup or um, how well uh, a team is playing right now and they're playing someone that they might be a underdog to and they probably could beat. So we'll do that and then we're gonna close it up for you guys. So let's kick it off. I'm gonna kick it off with the first segment and that is gonna be the grades and my viewpoint on the 2021 draft class. And uh, I personally think that the class is subpar. Uh, the class, I mean, just the two most hyped players in the class from high school going into the college and out of draft, those two players are doing, they've shown some improvements and that been Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. They both are pretty much, uh, I wouldn't say it's advertised because they both have underperformed from what we thought they would coming out of high school and coming out of college. But I think they are clearly the two best players and quarterbacks in that draft class. The other guys leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think I'm just going to hit on Trevor Lawrence because I know you're a Justin Fields guy, so I'll let you have that. Uh, uh with Trevor Lawrence being in the same division as my favorite team, um, I've gotten to see him a lot more than I'd like to. Uh, he's undefeated. Well, we beat him recently, but he's got a winning record against us. Uh, and I really saw a lot of improvements from last year because, I mean, he had Urban Meyer and he had so much uh, horrible stuff going on in that season. So, I think him getting Doug Peterson, you can already see the improvements that he has. Uh, you know, his his decision making, um, his processing. I mean, he still throws it. He still makes mistakes, but he's a second year player. So, uh, I think you know, just seeing the change in the coaching staff, you saw with Doug Peterson, he made Carson Wentz look like an MVP, and he's never looked like that since. So, Doug Peterson's a really good coach, and I think getting him was a, a 
a very big help. Also, Doug Peterson is oh. a former quarterback. So I, that was huge. Yeah. So. I mean, if you look at like Lawrence last year, yeah, like the first, like you saw all those. Obviously, he was a rookie quarterback, and rookie quarterbacks do rookie quarterbacks do unless they're yeah. like Herbert and Burrow, who looked just like amazing and world beaters yeah yeah but like that usually doesn't happen um but he had like a lot of flashes you'd see it you know twice three times a game and then you know once some of those urban meyer things started happening they stopped you know it kind of dry up a little bit then once he got fired you started seeing those flashes again and i mean lately he's just been looking really good like Like he's looking like he is developing into what he was advertised as. Yes. Yeah. I think getting Christian Kirk helped a lot too. Yeah. Well, I mean, getting actual, getting coaching, getting more weapons. I, I well, as we're going to talk with Fields, <laughs> look what, <laughs> look what yeah. no weapons does to you. I mean, yeah. It's, it's huge to have that supporting cast around you and, you know, someone that could actually call plays and doesn't kick your kicker. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah, that was just a disaster. It wasn't. Oh no. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know why they thought it was a good idea. Actually hiring college head, co- head coaches never seems like a good idea. Like, yeah. I can't think of a situation in recent memory when that has worked out in the positive. Obviously, Urban Meyer did not work out. Um, Chip Kelly, although that was a few years ago, did not work out. Um, it just really does. I mean, say no, it not work out. So it just no. And Chip I mean, Clinton's that could, isn't working out. Oh, no, yeah, so. not in the slightest. And would you consider Lovey to be a college coach at this uh, at this point? I or think he was more of a he was an NFL guy that went to college and came back. So I wouldn't yeah. consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but still, uh, usually if you're go, going directly from uh, directly from college into into the NFL, it seems to not really translate that well. Yeah, Matt Rule. Matt Rule. I mean, yeah. look, look at Carolina. Once he got fired, that team like had a spark. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Steve Wilkes should be considered as the head coach. I mean, as a legitimate candidate. I mean, that team looks. I mean, sure they're not winning, but they're in games. They're not getting blown out. So they. I mean, they yeah. beat T- Tampa Bay. So. Yeah, um, they have potatoes at quarterback. Yeah, they. Yeah, so I think he should get a, at least a, a legit shot at that job. But, oh yeah. But that's a segue. Like, let's talk about Justin Fields. I mean, I'm gonna let you go first as the resident bear. <laughs> well, uh, last year didn't go ideally for Fields, obviously. Um, and I mean, obviously, to to some degree, I'm gonna be a bit of a homer on this, but uh, you know, you saw flashes with Fields last year, and there was definitely like specifically the Steelers game, which like you watched it and you're like, Oh my God, this dude like can play like when he gets comfortable in a system, you see just like 
his arm talent is just phenomenal and obviously his running talent but like I feel like a lot of people forget after he was able to run like that that like he was not drafted as like a you know traditional dual threat quarterback he was like a guy that could be mobile but was probably you know predominantly going to be a a you know big throw sort of guy you know push the ball downfield you know go for the home runs rather than the you know check downs yeah and obviously last year he had some issues with those with the short game specifically mm-hmm. with timing like people talk about pass accuracy and like yeah like like he had accuracy issues but like when you watched the games it wasn't so much that he was inaccurate because he could obviously you know throw bombs way you know way deep down the uh sidelines to you know whichever bomb off the street was gonna, was gonna yeah. catch it but like but like he could hit guys in stride 50 yards downfield but you know it was short game that was like ooh, that was a little behind well consistently it was a little behind and so he needed to work a lot on that throwing mechanic so he went into the off season with a new um a new head coaching staff um new offensive scheme to learn and with the primary goal of switching up his mechanics so he could get better in that short game. And I think those first few weeks really kind of showed that there was a learning curve to that, which also I think you could say the same thing for Lawrence because Lawrence's first few games weren't, you know, amazing. Like I think a lot of times people forget that it takes a few weeks to learn an offense. Like it doesn't just happen over the off season. You have to play in games running that offense to really get it under your belt. And since then, I think fields has been playing like consistently well. Well, I mean, not even consistently well. If you look at since the Patriots game, since we played the Patriots. I say, I'll say since Minnesota. I, I would agree. People people complain about the commanders game, but I'm be honest. He 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 put two balls out there that should have been caught, should have been game winners that weren't. So well, he he did perform. I mean, he did, it wasn't what he, we we've been seeing the last eight weeks. But that commanders game to me wasn't a horrible game compared to what we have been seeing. Previous I mean, that Giants that. game was horrible. Oh, I I watched the. The Packers and Giants game, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, God, do we need to draft another quarterback? And then, yeah. like, and the Vikings game was like, no, he's turning it around. And then it was kind of like, oh, wait, there's something different. I mean, well, like you said, the Commanders game wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. No, but you saw improvement. Yes. And the thing that's been plaguing the team the entire year, which I think is the biggest knock on fields right now, is people saying that he can't finish games. But I, I, I will say last week's game, I mean, Sunday's game, I'll put that. At first, I wasn't putting a lot on him, but I think that pack, I mean, that interception, you just got to, you can't. I mean, because I won't really put, I, I feel like the, there was miscommunication between he and the receiver, and I really do. Yeah. But in that, in that situation, we got to kind of give credit where it, where it deserves. And I think um, as a quarterback, you just got to, okay. I, I got to make it another. And neither one of us can throw, step on NFL field, and we're not saying that. But yeah. we're saying, basically, I'm just saying, I've been as a guy that's been a big supporter of Justin. I will say that interception um, was bad. Yeah. Um, um, I didn't see the second one because I turned the game off. 
<laughs> the second one was there was we were down by nine points with yeah. 40 seconds on the clock and i'm just gonna throw you know it's we got to get a score here and yeah threw it in you know triple coverage and it's like well what are you gonna do when you have 40 seconds left and you need to score twice yeah like, it happens but that that one pick was i, I like there's people that are a lot of the, the issue, like there's what it seems is like Bears fans are pretty divided. Well, I, how there's a small minority of Bears fans that are very vocal, which usually are just like meatball fans that think QB yeah. should just be pocket passers. Which they keep calling him a running back. They're, they think yeah. he's, he's not. I mean, that if you look at the league, that is where, like, as a Colts fan watching Matt Ryan play last night, I just was like, if we had a mobile quarterback and if we had anybody that was anywhere near accurate. Like, I feel so bad for that defense because people are going to see 54 points and say, dang, the Colts mm-hmm. suck. Their defense is great. They've only – there's only been three times this year that a team has scored more than 20 points against them. And they've lost – like, they've lost eight games and tied one. And their offense is horrible. But back on track. <laughs> the Bears, <laughs> I think Justin Fields um, – my personal viewpoint of Justin Fields, I've watched every game – that he's played this year outside of the first one. And just because I was a Justin Fields fan from like, he his senior year in high school, he did a, uh, a QB1 thing that was on Netflix. Yeah. And I watched that. And ever since then, I've just been a fan of that guy because he's not an arrogant guy. He's confident, but he's not arrogant. Um, yeah. And he's a leader, you know. Yeah, he's he extremely likable. He's a leader and he's a, you know, his teammates will follow behind that guy. So, if you got someone like that leading your franchise, you're in good shape. And he reminds me a lot of Jalen Hurts. You know, that's what I think, you know, as far as mentality and, you know. Um, I think, um, I think honestly, Justin Fields, to me, has the highest ceiling in any quarterback in that class. Um, it's Except really hard maybe to, Lance. It's really hard to evaluate Lance because, I mean, he's only played maybe a handful of games. And he yeah. got hurt in the second start this year so like it is really hard to evaluate him but um mac jones i think i've seen enough mac jones is he's he's not a backup he's a starting quarterback but that's probably about it yeah and Um, i think the issue well i think the other issue you run into that is his offensive weapons are well the the talent around him and the people calling plays are basically incompetent yeah like you there's no help whatsoever. I mean, I really think Mac Jones is like Jared Goff or David Carr, and he he won't lose you a game. But... No, and and all in the good ways. Like yeah. I think I think specifically Goff gets hated on a little. Like he gets he a little really bit good. too much. Yeah, like he he plays well. Like mm-hmm. I think people forget that he still brought a team to a Super Bowl, and I mean he isn't Mahomes like he's not that guy but it proved the Rams made the right decision in drafting him instead of Wentz I mean yeah. look at Wentz yeah to be fair I think the Eagles still got what they you know like I think they got a Super Bowl out of it but you know yeah and the Rams like, got a Super Bowl out of it with him off the roster so I guess it worked out for both teams <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, I guess he helped them he helped them get Stafford I, I think uh 
The other guys in the class, I mean, I think Justin and Trevor are going to be okay next year. I think they'll take yeah. that next step. And honestly, I see, based off of the division that, that the Jaguars in, I think they're in the playoffs next year. I um, think so. yeah. The Bears have a lot of cap. You know, I don't think they're in the playoffs next year, but I think they win seven, eight games next year, and that's a win for them. Um, depending on how, how they draft. But I think I like the gym. Um, I love the coach. I think I was weary of, like, them drafting a defensive-minded coach. But actually, Luke Getze is a really good play caller. Um, I agree, except for this last game. But I wonder how much of that was, you know, polls <laughs> going and saying, make this game a little bit experimental so, you yeah. know, we can hold on to that number two pick. Yeah, it probably <laughs> I, was I mean, like a, yeah. And then Justin's coming off the injury. Like, don't re-hurt really him. Like, you know, let's yeah. just kind of – but, um, yeah, I think – Zach Wilson, probably the worst player in the quarterback in a draft in this draft class. Yes. And I think he had people he reminds me of Johnny Manziel. I'm sorry. I just I get Johnny Manziel vibes. It's me, me, me. Um the both the body frames are very similar. Um I think um I just think the Jets made the wrong decision. They had the number two. Obviously you knew you weren't gonna get Lawrence, he was going number one, but right there yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but right there, Justin Fields was the best quarterback available, and you took Zach Wilson because you mm-hmm. saw these YouTube highlight films, but no one watched. He, he played for a school no one watched. Like, yeah. if you look at the games he actually played, he was not Superman. Um, no. So I think my grade on this class is two guys are saving it. I say three guys are saving it. Mac Jones is he got to the playoffs last year, so I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, but I think he'll at some point get replaced by Bailey Zappi. Um or some other quarterback. Yeah. I, I think two guys are gonna ultimately in ten years be the two guys you remember from it. And I hate to say it, another guy's gonna remember it as a bust and it's gonna be Zach Wilson. And Trey Lance, yeah. I he possibly could be the bust too, just because you just don't he hasn't know. played. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's that no, one's so play hard. More than him. Yeah, God, so. and I, I, well, I hope he does. I, I really hope. I, want, I think he's going to be good. But yeah, I, I like. I want everyone. Obviously, you want everyone to succeed because having good players in the league make it fun. You know, make it yeah. more fun as viewers to watch. But like, yeah, Lance hasn't. I don't think Lance has played more than twenty. I, I don't think he's played more than twenty games since high school probably not and, i mean he, he played those i think he played he won that national championship and then he played that one game in COVID, which was weird just so he can get like mm-hmm. draft stock or whatever and then yeah he played he started a game last year because garoppolo mm-hmm. was hurt and then he had the two this year I yeah. think he started two games. He played on the game and started a game last year. So, yeah, you're about right. You know, it's probably yeah. under 20, actually. Yeah, at, at least in the start. preseason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, that's so, that's really, a little bit concerning. You can't develop a guy that's not, you know. Uh, that, yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, so. and, I mean, not to say, obviously, I think he's going to get a leash in the next year because you don't drop three first-round picks to cut him after yeah, two you years. Got, you have of, to you didn't play him for one year and then he got injured the next year, but like 
at some point you're also, I mean, that almost runs into like the Jordan Love situation of you're going to have basically no time to evaluate a guy who you drafted really high you know, or spent a lot of draft capital on. I don't know what they're going to do in Green Bay. I honestly don't. They're <laughs> I love it. Like it's so funny. Rock, they're in a rock and a hard place. You're paying another yeah. Man, one guy fifty a year, and another guy you're about to pay twenty eight ish, and then you got to figure out if you're going to resign it or pick up a fifth option. It, I do not envy yeah. them. Nope, you're stuck exactly. And then you're going to be stuck in the situation of even if you do get, you know, uh, love, you didn't trade Rodgers when you could have traded Rodgers. His um, value is as high as it was mm-hmm. last year. And, I mean, they could. I think they could. I think he should have. They could have done a deal with him in Denver and got what far more than what Seattle got for uh, Denver. Russ. Yeah. So I think um, I'm gonna skip the state of the coach needs slash improvements because I'm furious and I don't want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Steelers look better. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I feel a lot better about him. Um, yeah. Watching these last few games. Um, granted, he played the Colts, but still, and he won last week. But uh, he's still a rookie. I mean, you, to be fair, I feel like rookie year is kind of just like a yeah, a whatever feeling. happens, yeah. happens. You know, but Tomlin somehow finds a way. I mean, he's five and seven right now. So mm-hmm. um, the state of the Bears needs slash improvements. You know, um, D line. <laughs> yeah, O line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, D line's worse than O line. I I I, I want to know. I I think they're really young though. I like Sanborn, Jack Sanborn on on the, as a linebacker. Okay, uh, I was gonna get to that. Yeah, later go ahead. Yeah, in the in the spotlight part, but uh. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. The D line we got uh, against a Packers O line that was missing Bakhtiari. We had zero sacks, zero QB hits. I don't even I don't even think we had a QB pressure. Not even one. I kept screaming, <laughs> you got to get him. And he's hurt. You got to yeah. hit him. Yes. And, and we got nothing. Like, you look at it, you go, oh, boy, this is rough. Mm-hmm. Um, our leading, um, quote, you know, leading rusher, I don't the, the player with the most sacks on our team is Jaquan Brisker, the rookie safety. And tied for number two with like three other players is Jack Sanborn, who is an undrafted free agent linebacker who started five games. Like I saw Roquan still leaves them in tackles and he's been gone for a while. Mm-hmm. Like five weeks. weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. That's been... yeah. It's rough. Like that's not, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> it's like so bad. Um, they're, they're, it, their defensive line cannot stop a wet noodle. It's bad. I obviously you also have wide receivers, um, which I think you guys need to keep St. Brown. He is a very good blocker. I think he's a depth yeah. guy. St. Brown's probably going to be a depth guy. Um, we're probably going to keep St. Brown around. Uh, Mooney and Claypool, obviously Claypool. Um, yeah. Which I didn't love that trade, but also at the same time, it's Not getting for the help. price tag. No, that was it was a little expensive. Yeah. I don't think it was the worst move in the world because Poles has been really, really thrifty and gotten a lot of value out of basically every pick he had during the during the draft. 
but I still I didn't love how expensive it was. I, I, I heard some... it was to keep him from Green Bay because I heard Green Bay wanted him, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. just not enough to. Yeah, you're not competing, so I don't know why you would. Yeah. I, hopefully, he gets an off season to learn. The problem well, is he's in his third year, and you get next year you're going to decide are you picking up his option, and then after that, say say if he performs, I mean you got the cap, so if he performs well next year, if he returns to that rookie form, then sure, but I don't think he's going to return to that form. It's good to have a six four guy for Justin, a nice mm-hmm. big target for Justin to throw to, because yeah. Justin had two great bombs that were just insane. Um, you know, one caught by Nikhil Harry. Um, yeah, that was a nice ball. Yeah. Uh, I think you guys, I think the defense is really young. So for me, it's hard to really evaluate how good they are. That secondary is a lot better than I thought they were. Um, mm-hmm. Even with missing their three starting, you know, their safety, their both their safeties and, and Kyler Gordon. And there then, is no reason yeah. why we should have even been like, and on top of that, we lost uh, our before the game started. Uh, Kendall Vildor, you know, starting. I guess he'd be considered like the nickel or CB three. He uh, also was out, so our only starting secondary player was Jalen Johnson, and he did mm-hmm. not look good. He's not been looking great this year, which is kind of concerning because, like, rookie year he was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Rookie year he was good. Um, I thought he was underrated last year like i thought a lot of people were like oh you know he's not that good and i'm like well that's because people only throw to him when guy when he has a guy that's just like straight up open because he's the only guy that can like do anything on the team yeah but no he's not looked great this year there's been just penalties that are kind of rough and gotten burned a few times and you're just kind of like i wish that you know that was a little bit better but I don't know. The offensive line, obviously, you need to pick. But Braxton Jones, I think. Jenkins is a keeper. Yeah, Jenkins has been really, really good at guard. Hasn't allowed a sack yet. Nope. He's he's been. I think having him at guard was a good decision because at tackle, he didn't work. No. So. Um, And then we also have. Leatherwood played some snaps yesterday. I think you got to give, I think you got to bring Leatherwood back. Oh, definitely. Uh, because. Um, it's a tackle on a rookie deal. Yeah. <laughs> like even as a swing tackle, tackle, that's phenomenal. Deal. So you, I think he is at least gets a shot to either next season in a preseason or during training camp to make it on the roster or like, because he came in. Um, yeah, yesterday, and he didn't look bad. So no, I honestly I thought like they stardom. Kind of, I mean, like they looked. Justin had a bit more. He's had probably more time to throw last. I mean, yesterday than I've seen in recent memory. Like, I mean, he had. And I I want to applaud Justin for his um poise back there because I I remember times where he would you know, run out of there and run into a sack. But there, yeah. I did see him actually, you know, which has been a knock on him, which I think is ridiculous. He actually read the field. Like, you can see him processing and going through his reads. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I, I think that was the dumbest thing. Well, I mean, it was inaccurate because if you saw it, in Ohio State, he always made the well, was a first read. Well, if your first read's open, then why would you look at the other two? I mean, to be <laughs> fair, to be fair, there's a reason why that was a a uh, you know narrative that came out along with the you know last guy in first guy out sort of thing. Oh yeah, well we know that yeah. narrative. Well, I it's how it goes with every QB like Fields. Yeah, or we know that Lamar, narrative. or yeah. and not not their running ability part. No, because they're running nope. back. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's fit when 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 it's convenient, huh? Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that that brings us to our spotlight player and uh, I'm or spotlight, you know, team whatever. I'm gonna go to spotlight player. Uh, I'm gonna say Geno Smith as a person that was a big fan of Geno. Uh, I first watched him at West Virginia. Um, I was really obviously I was in high school. I think still. And I remember watching, like, a bowl game he was in, and he just lit it up. And I'm like, man, who is this dude, number 12? And then he gets drafted by the Jets. I couldn't wait to get the Madden that year to play with him. Um, and it just didn't go well in New York. I mean, it's the New York media and whatever. Well, uh, and Rex, the Jets are the Jets. The Jets are the Jets. Rex Ryan was <laughs> on, on his last legs there. You know, the whole Mark Sanchez debacle stuff was going on. He got punched by a teammate, all yeah. that. You know, career backup goes to New York. I mean, goes to the Giants, and then the whole thing goes down with Eli and that whole situation that he was involved in, where he yeah breaks Eli's starting streak, and it was stupid. Uh, and then he sat. He was on the bench with the Chargers for a few years. Went to Seattle and sat. And then last year, you know, with Russ having a surgery, you got to see um, a different Geno, and it's amazing. His story seems a lot like Rich Gannis to me, um, where, like, you know, a vet, you know, toyed away a little bit, had some stops here and there, but, like, got with a coach that actually believed in him and designed the offense that t- was tailored to him and some players that were around him that are really good players. I mean, DK and Tyler Lockett are not slouches. Yeah. No, no not at all. They're not slouches. So you got you got that going for you. So – uh, we've seen Gino in a new, like, no one ever doubted his ability. I think a lot of people doubt it. Um, and it's hard because the stigma that goes around with people that look like quarterbacks that look like Gino is they don't have leadership. They like maturity, things that yeah. nature. And, and in this case, yeah, I think he did lack maturity. Um, so I think getting some, you know, sitting in behind some great quarterbacks like Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, uh, Russell Wilson, I know that's hard to say this year, but Russell Wilson was a great quarterback. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. yeah. So uh, sitting and watching them get, those guys work, I think, really helped him. So my spotlight player is Geno Smith. He is balling this year. I think he's a slam dunk comeback player of the year winner. Oh, so, definitely. And, yeah. I, I mean, you went from a Seattle team that they were like, ooh, this is like peak rebuild to like, to oh, wait, they just got – yeah, to – they got two starting, two starting yeah. tackles, <laughs> and just started a guy who was, you know, everyone had written off, and they're like, "Oh wow, this team's actually yeah. playing well." 
Because yeah. the, Broncos, the Broncos got swindled. Oh God! Now you're get now you're giving Seattle the what number three or number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. That's so. Well, paying two fifty for. Mm. But yeah, that's my spotlight player. Yeah, I'm kind of. That's disappointing though for Russ because I have always been I, a huge I, Russ. I've been a huge fan of Russ, but stuff that's been coming out like. I used to think the, Se- the Seahawks defense was just jealous of him, but when this stuff is happening in another place, I'm starting it, to think maybe yeah. there's some truth to this. It may not yeah. be as exaggerated as they say, but there might be some truth to this, some of the stuff that's coming out about Russ. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, my spotlight player, I did. I uh, chose a uh, Sanborn because. Uh, well, obviously the Bears went and traded, and obviously I'm being a little bit of a homer with this, but, you know, the Bears went and traded Roquan, and everyone was like, oh, we don't have any help at linebacker whatsoever. And we had seen Sanborn in uh, preseason. Mm-hmm. At, at, yeah, UDFA. And so there was a preseason game. I think he got an interception and a sack, and everyone's like, oh, my God, this dude's, you know, amazing. And, you know, I, obviously your normal, you know, fans overreact to the UDFA that has a good game in preseason because mm-hmm. it's preseason. So, you know, there was a little bit of an asterisk next to it. But, you're, you know, him going into starting, you were like, well, it's better than starting the 32-year-old vet that, you know, we could, you know, what you have, and mm-hmm. it's less than what it used to be. Yeah. But, uh. I didn't expect him to come out like he has in the past five games. He's had two sacks, um, an interception, which was called back on a pretty poor penalty. Yeah. Like the, like yeah. you go back and look at it. So I technically not stat box, but 53 tackles. Yeah, no, yeah. like huge impact. He honestly is one who's been playing like as one of the best players on our defense as an undrafted free agent rookie. <laughs> like, yeah, you got it. You got it. You got something there. Yeah, for free. Literally for free. Like yeah. in terms of the amount of compensation you gave up for him? Yeah. For yes. Free. Yes. And no then, pick on him, nothing. And if you want to look at it this way, he's like putting up relatively similar numbers to Roquan while getting paid eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Like like if he plays well next year, we will have like let's say eighty percent of Roquan's production. I think you get if you get eighty percent of that production for almost a hundred percent less of the cost. I mean, twenty million dollars a year for a linebacker is you you can go get two players that are similar to or close to that, and you replace you replace Roquan's production for seventeen, eighteen million dollars less. Yeah. So for nothing, like at, at the second least valuable position in football. Yes. So yes, I think you, you you can do that. I mean, in a draft, I think you can get some guy fifth, sixth round maybe as a guy you may fill him out. Um, and who knows what you get in free agency? I mean, I don't think this free agency is going to be really loaded, but it's going to be interesting to see what New York does because they got Daniel Jones and Saquon coming mm-hmm. up, and you got to make that choice. You can't, you know, can only tag one of them, so that means you got to pay one of them. So. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if I want to know that. Yeah, that's uh, going to be interesting. So uh, it's going to be some 
I mean, then Sterling Shepard's going to be a free agent, but he's coming off ACL. So, yeah, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the what the Bears do. I'm, but Sanborn is a really good uh, pickup. That was a great eye yep. by Ryan Poles. I think he's going to be a really good GM because he's hit it out the park. That draft class this year has we guys think, that are starting. Yeah, yeah. Velvet yeah. Jones, I think, was a mistake, but it happens. Hey, it happens. If you hit on three guys in a draft, that's huge. Then, then that's huge. I mean, that means you got three guys on your, on your roster that are going to be there for the next at least four years, and you can add to that. So I think you hit, you know. Um, yeah. And that, well, and I that think aspect. I think just looking at it is like, ooh, you know, people using Phyllis Jones as an example. That's a guy that you drafted at the, you know, middle third round. Third I believe round. It was. So that means you're doing yeah. something good. If that yeah. means your first yeah. two picks above that or yeah, Kyle and Gordon those... and Jaquan yeah. Bisker. Yes. And I, I just, if you have one guy as your example on why a draft class is bad, because one guy in the third round didn't work out a third round yeah. wide receiver, I don't think that that's an, I think that's an indication of a good draft class. Yeah, that invalidates <laughs> your point, you know? Yeah, it's like, okay, so we missed on just a wide receiver in the third round. Wow, yeah. that's phenomenal. Like, if right. you have a 50%, you know, success rate in the draft, that's phenomenal. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> I, I think you guys are in really good good hands. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm... Switch, switching gears to college, uh, Deion Sanders going to Colorado. Yes. Um, as obviously a black man, um, uh, I saw a lot of people yesterday and Saturday just going absolutely berserk on the fact that he went he left for HBCU to go to a power five conference uh conference uh, power five school yeah which is a PWI um and I as a black man have no issue with that like he did a lot in three years for Jackson State that no other coach could have done I don't care yes. white or black could have done because he's Deion Sanders and yes. he got he got kids to come there he got the number one recruit last year to go to Jackson State and he's probably got yep. that number one crew to come to Colorado with him. So I think mm-hmm. he's going to turn Colorado around. It's going to be rough next year because that that's a one in 11 team, a one in 11 team. So yeah. um, I think it's going to be some changes made um, roster um, coaching staff, but I think Dion is going to be good for Boulder. Uh, I've, I lived in Wyoming for a bit. So Boulder is, I've been in Boulder. And it's a beautiful place. Um, I think uh, Colorado is going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with in like three years. I think they won the Pac-12 in three years. That's my I call them it. Um, and I think they'll probably be in a playoff in that three-year span. I know it might be lofty goals, but I mean his son's going to be there for at least two. Because uh, I don't think his I think his son's probably going to have to do two more, like uh, be a senior and go out and yeah. draft. But um, it sounds a pretty good quarterback. I want to. He had power five offers, and he chose to go with his dad to Jackson State. So it's not yeah. like he that was his only choice. And and I'm and I'm not saying H, HBCUs are not because Walter Payton is from an HBCU. So actually, he yeah. went to Jackson State. So um, my my thing is uh, 
Where did Jerry Rice go? Uh, I am not sure, but it was an HBCU. Because well, well, it was yeah, it was an HBCU. I'm I thought really... it, I thought it was Jackson State. It might have been then. I know Walter Payton for sure went there. So like, I it's not saying HBCUs were great in the eighties, yeah. the seventies, the sixties. Look it up. They have, I think. 10 to 15% of the Hall of Fame are players from the HBCU. So, yeah. from the HBCU. So, look, Shannon Sharp went to Savannah State. So, like, just looking at that is not saying anything negative about HBCUs and our, you know. But Deion Sanders going to uh, Colorado to me is a big deal. Uh, I think it's a big deal because it's Deion, but also what he will bring to that. It's not just a guy that's a Hall of Famer who can talk good, talk well. He's proven that he can coach. And I think he'll. Uh, in three years, turn that program around to what they used to be in the 90s and the late 80s. Yeah. I uh, I didn't realize that Colorado was 1-11. Yeah, they were terrible. I mean, horrible. Uh, they've been bad for, since Mel Tucker left. And they weren't yeah, great they, when he was there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't realize they was that bad. Yeah, it's been like, bad for a few years. Uh, so go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, especially with your with getting Dion to help recruit, that's going to be fun. oh, that's going to be huge. I mean, you can go yeah. in there and you're going to uh, you're going to be able to get four or five star recruits. Not like you like they couldn't do that before, but you'll be yeah. able to get four or five star recruits. Um, yeah, because people want to go play with Dion. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, overrated segment. Um, so overrated segment, team or player, that thing is overrated. And, um, <laughs> this is a two-parter for me. I think the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen are overrated. And the reason I'm saying that is I w- lived in Wyoming. I went to school in Wyoming, so he's treated like a god there. And I get that. Yeah. I mean, He's a once-in-a-lifetime star, and he went to a uh, random school in the West. So yes. I get that. But let's be honest, he had to go there because he got no offers. My yes. point being, Josh Allen is significantly improved year by year. He's in the MVP consideration right now. I think he won't win it. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, barring anything crazy happen. Yeah, I, I don't um, think he should win it either. Yeah, but. Um, those are two probably going to end up running for it. Honestly, you can put Justin Jefferson in there over Josh Allen, but the receiver is not going to win it. My, yeah. my viewpoint is the Buffalo Bills are a great regular season team. They, they remind me a lot of my Colts of the early 2000s, where they put up these gaudy numbers, in the regular season, and they're out in the second round. So everyone talks about how he's dethroned. He may be better than Mahomes. He beat he he can beat Mahomes in a regular season all day. But we have proved we have when Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes has been a starting quarterback for now five years and been in the playoffs four years in a row, and it's going to be his fifth this year. And yeah. the worst he's finished is the AFC Championship game. Yes. I'm sorry. So Josh Allen has not done that. You know, he, he hasn't he's been to the AFC Championship game, got beat by Casey. Yes. But the thing is he can't beat he can't beat teams that are that he when he has it, he can't do it when it's clutch. 
we gave him past him divisional round because that was one hell of a game, and he didn't get the ball back in halftime. I mean, overtime, and they really do need to change that rule. But also get the job done in regular season. I mean, regular regulation, and you wouldn't have to get to that point. So I just think Josh Allen's a he's probably the second best quarterback in the AFC, and you could argue he's the second best quarterback in football. But that still doesn't mean there's to me there's a difference. There's Mahomes, there's a barrier, and then there's Allen, and everybody else follows in behind. Because the reason I say that is when it absolutely matters, like that Jets game was horrible. Yes. And yes. interceptions, no one talks about it. That that yeah. fumble snap against the Minnesota Vikings in the end zone. Nobody talks about that. Or the pick he threw before that. No one talks about that. And it's like the minute stuff starts, like if Mahomes would have done had those two bad games like that in a row, the sky would have been falling, right? Uh, everyone could panic last year when they lost like two games in a row or something like that. Everyone yes. was saying that, they, that the dynasty's over or the dynasty never happened, you know? So, yeah, because everyone expects, you know, Mahomes to be playing at this uh, un, just completely phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but it, exactly. Like when you look at it, there was a stat for um, – I saw one where it's like both for touchdowns and for passing yards, Mahomes has more yards than any other quarterback, mm -hmm. and this was two weeks ago that it was done, through 80 starts. Yeah. At that point, he had started 74 games. Yeah, I remember seeing that. <laughs> yeah, he had... With the Rams. Yeah, and it was something very similar with uh, touchdowns, too. I don't know the exact he numbers on it. But... Everything. It was yards, it was touchdowns, it was wins. It was yes. uh, completion percentage. It was wild. He's insane. Like, the dude is... Yeah. I don't know if the... I don't know if we'll see a quarterback talent like him Not progress through his career for a long – yeah, the, the, probably at least 20 years. I think we've seen – I think we've been very fortunate because we've seen two of those. I think Aaron was that when he first yeah. hit the league. Yeah. Um, now, we'll never – I don't think we'll ever see a quarterback win as much as Brady has. I just don't think that'll happen. No. Uh, I thought Mahomes could have done it, but the, after losing that Super Bowl and then losing in the AFC Championship game, yeah. he kind of, like, cut off some steam on that, and that means he would have to go on a run here for, like, the next 10 years, and I don't – I just think – That's unrealistic to think unrealistic. people don't last as long as Brady no. does and people don't play the same way Brady does. Like, yeah. He would have to yeah. win six out of ten. Yes, it, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That's just absolutely unrealistic. Yeah, when yeah. Brady had six rings and you could expect, you know, and you know what, if Mahomes beat him in that Super Bowl, it'd be two rings within his, yeah. like, first. Brady's got seven and ten Super Bowls, I think. He's got – Yep. And he's been to 15 conference championship games. That's just insane to me. Yeah, it's it's not realistic, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I could get behind Allen being not on the same tier as Mahomes. I'm, and in terms of AFC teams, I root for the Bills because mostly because in fan in fantasy, I've gone to the championship like 
four seasons in a row. Yeah. And uh, lost every year. And I just felt like, wow, maybe I should just become a Bills fan because the Bears are kind of pathetic. <laughs> yeah. And I need to watch, I need to at least have a team that I can like root for at some point when these, you know, bad years come around that I could like watch good football. But well, I obviously I'm a diehard Bears fan, but sometimes you have to have those other teams that you like to watch. Um but who I was gonna go with for my overrated player is Tua. Mm, interesting. And I wanna put an asterisk. I think that Tua is playing at a top like I would put him in QB rankings within the top ten. Yeah, I agree with that. But Dolphins fans have been insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) We have a quarterback. (laughs) I I was getting into a conversation with a guy, and he said that uh, that the points that I was making was invalid because I didn't have him at number two overall, like out of all the QBs. Oh, he's tripped. No, like like I wouldn't put that guy in front of Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. No, no, or I wouldn't put him in front of Lamar either. No, I, I wouldn't I even put him in front, I, in front of the guy that was in his class, another guy that was in his class, Justin Herbert. Neither would I. Like, like, okay, don't get me wrong. Tua is playing really, really good, efficient football. He is making good reads and getting getting the ball out on time. He's being extremely efficient. He's doing what Mac Jones is doing, but better. Mm-hmm. He's a better Mac Jones. Both are yeah. products, ironically. Yes. Um the issue that you run into with Tua, though, is that he doesn't have any – he can't take the game and put it on his back the same way that a Mahomes or a Josh Allen could do. Like, he could say he'll be – he will sit – you know, he'll sit in the pocket. He will get just good throws out. But anything past 20 yards, you really see that he doesn't have the arm strength that – other he guys have a lot. He just yeah. happens to have the two fastest receivers in football. Yeah, like like yeah, it works for him. Exactly. I, there was in the game in the game this week. I saw a highlight where Tua throws a ten yard slant that goes for like a fifty yard touchdown, and you're like, oh, so that's yeah. going to go down as a fifty yard touchdown, but it was a ten yard throw. Yeah, like you don't like. He can't do the things like Mahomes in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay when he's falling oh down he and he just like almost... slings it he slings had... it into yeah. double coverage at 30 yards and hits the receiver in the hands as he's falling down. And you're like, oh, or my the, good Lord. The underhand, like, ridiculousness yeah. that that dude has is just – Yeah. Uh, I and mean, he... the Justin Herbert throw he made the other night Mm-hmm. Uh, where they just make it look easy. Yeah. Uh, or even just like the bombs that Fields can throw. Like he doesn't have the zip. No, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the mobile ability that guys like Kyler Murray or Hertz or Fields or Lamar have where you can I'd just like go. I would take him over Kyler. Oh, I'd take him over Kyler any day. Yeah. Any day of the week. Like like don't get me wrong, I think better leader. two is but yeah, well, I I just think he's playing better too. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't do like stupid boneheaded things. I mean, how much of coach to shut that foot? Like what? <laughs> like, yeah, like like I don't care if Cliff I don't care if Cliff is a 
horrible coach because he is. I don't know why they extended him. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both the issue. <laughs> like, yeah. both of them are not good. Yeah. Like, it's pretty obvious on the field, especially when, like, the Cardinals are good through the first half of the season and they just fall off a truck. It's like, hmm, they get really hyped up and then they don't do anything. But, yeah, I just – I can't get behind the two as a top-five quarterback. Yeah, uh, it's not to me. He's not um... – yeah, I I agree with that actually. I do agree with Tua. I, I I'm gonna spoil my one next week, but we talked about a guy that I'm gonna probably put in there next week. Um, just spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, yeah. Um, probably two guys I could, anyways. But all right, next segment: undervalue or, or undervalue over value segment. So, like, I think. We're going to talk about guys that we think may be undervalued or, and guys that we think may be overvalued, and uh, you can go first. Okay. So for my undervalued, I'm going with Herbert. Okay. And that's because I think that his offense – has been like the people around him have been doing absolutely nothing to help him out in he terms of Allen back recently, right? yeah um did he even start this week because i know but he's mm-hmm. been he's been hurt all year something weird happened yeah well keenan allen had a hamstring thing that they you know it was like oh yeah it's going to be five weeks and oh yeah it's going to be a little bit longer and now it's like almost it's what week 13 and he's still out and they haven't had a Mike Williams in, oh boy, um, five or six weeks. But like, yeah. the Chargers have been out like their top three wide receivers for most of the season. And people are like, oh, he's no good when they're literally just calling up checkdowns. And it's like, well, you're taking Herbert's like worst possible traits. Because, I mean, you, you never get a QB that is a perfect QB. There's not a yeah. single QB in the league that's absolutely perfect. Like, every one of them has something that they're good, that they're better at than, you know, others. And Herbert does really well throwing downfield. And you take away all of his receivers and give him Austin Eckler to throw to. And it's yeah. like, like you run into, well, we're just going to do checkdowns and that's not a good way to maximize Herbert. I just feel like people have been giving him a little bit of flack when I think a lot of it can be, you know, pushed back onto play calling and lack of anyone that can even catch a ball. All right. I'll, I'll just go ahead and walk under value. I think, um, Lamar Jackson is undervalued, and I know it's crazy to say from for uh, MVP. No, I MVP, think that's completely valid. I think people should have realized last year when he was gone for the rest of the year. For one, last year that team was so injured, and he got them to it. Mm-hmm. I want to say eight and three record or something like that. While it was an early MVP like lead because. That guy put that team on his back. And the stats never really show 
Yeah. How much of an impact that he has on the game and how great he is for that team. And the fact that he's not paid is insane. Insane. Yeah, that's not a sort of talent you let walk out the building. Yeah, Actually, to – sorry, go on. Well, the second that, like, from experiencing fields and listening to people talk about fields, I know exactly, like – He's going to be in that same position in a few years. Well, I think they're going to pay it. Like, I – there's not no with the pay. I'm saying with yeah. the undervalue. Yeah, he like, already like, is. No, exactly. Like, and I mean, I'm not going to say that he's a top ten QB, but like, his since since the Patriots game, his QBR has been like he is top ten in QBR since mm-hmm. what is it, week five or whatever, or yeah. week six. He has been good, like very good. Like obviously, he still needs some time to develop more. But he's 22, 23 yeah. years old. Yeah, and like the biggest knock is, oh, he doesn't anticipate. Well, I mean, you also see anticipation throws like that one that was intercepted, and it's kind of like, well, his receivers are last in the league in separations and they're first in the league in drops. So, yep. how are you expecting you expecting someone to work magic with that? But you got guys like Brady who get so much slack, and granted, he wins, but you still need to be critiqued uh, yeah. for your play. And he has not played. But Aaron Rodgers, those two have not played well this year. No nope. stretches, but it's everyone else's problem but theirs. So, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. Who who do you think is overvalued? Overvalued? <laughs> um, probably Kyler. Yeah. Uh, monetarily and literally. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, like. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I have to agree with that one uh, significantly. Uh, he's actually going. He was on going to be my guy that's going to be on the overrated segment. But I'm gonna go ahead and squeeze him in here. Um, yeah. That I agree with you. That's my. I've never, and I'm be honest, I never really got the Kyler Murray thing. Um, no. I thought that year Tua should have won the Heisman. Um, I, I think following, I think the hype happened. Following Baker Mayfield, they he Baker won the Heisman, he won the Heisman. Then Jalen Hurts comes there the next year, and he almost wins the Heisman. I think. It was Lincoln Riley, honestly. I just really think when you have three guys like that that put up these gaudy numbers, I think it was Lincoln Riley because that system just predicated. He's an immature kid, yeah. and it's hard to say that. I mean, for an adult male, but, like, he is. I mean, and we're I'm probably the same age or a little older than the guy, but, like, he's immature. He doesn't lead well. I mean, watching the hard knocks, this dude cusses like a sailor. Yeah. Uh, he he doesn't give off someone that if I was a player for that team that I'm like, yeah, I want to wake up and follow that guy. I just can't. I mean, when I listen to Jalen Hurts speak and watch the, the way the team rallies behind Jalen Hurts, uh, we watch the way that team rallied behind Nick Foles. It, it shows when you see – like Washington is a perfect example of that. Carson Wentz 
was brought there to be that guy. And Taylor Haneke is the guy, and that team loves him. And if you yeah. look at talent-wise, Car- Carson Wentz is definitely more talented. But you look at Kyler Murray, and I just see a guy that just is so full of himself. And his play does not back it up. Like, no. every year of his career, he starts out hot. With the exception of he's been bad all year. But he starts yeah. out hot. And then towards the middle of the season, the dude's banged up, and his stats go down. And his team's – like, mm-hmm. the fact that that team got – the only reason that team got to the playoffs last year is because they got off to such a hot start that yes. when they went on that losing streak, it did not matter because they were so far ahead. Yes, because they had, what, like a... Ten wins or something like that? Yeah, it was... yeah, just obnoxious. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to drop like the last five. I yeah. obviously don't know the exact stats on that. But, yeah, um, you also run into, into the situation, which I think... Uh, kind of interesting i think russell wilson has done specifically this season has done two things it's proven a short quarterbacks cannot throw to the middle of the field and that's one of the biggest issues with the broncos is that they throw to the middle field middle of the field way too often and russ is too short to see the middle of the field and he needs to throw it to the outsides in previous years he's had good wide receivers and he's just good enough that he can make that work and well, theoretically, should have the wide receivers to do it this year, but I just think Hackett's trying to squeeze a square peg into a round hole, mm-hmm. which obviously not all of that can be put on Hackett because you know Wilson's just been downright horrible. But I think a little bit of it, you know, a decent portion of it could be put on Hackett. Um, but I think it's also shown that short quarterbacks. Well, sorry, completely messed up my train of thought there because I already said the short quarterback thing. Um, buying your quarterback doesn't work either. It's only worked for two teams, and I think everybody is trying to – it's a copycat lead. The coach has tried it now three times. Um, you've seen what's going on in Denver, and and now the rounds are falling apart, but they got a Super Bowl out of it. Yeah, they get, which, I mean, that's your ultimate goal, and I think yeah. you knew that with, the commanders, with Stafford. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah. It the quarterback work. thing just doesn't work. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, guys like Geno Smith are – that's yeah a success story. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill might have worked out the reason yeah. why the Titans he wasn't haven't there done better. For, uh, he was like a fake security blanket because they were like – because Moriota, they were like yeah hoping Moriota turned the corner, but he never did. And yes. And he just, and in all honesty, Ryan Tannehill is the reason why they haven't done better in the playoffs. Yeah. Like he is the weak link. Like he's a starter, but he's not your star. He's not a starter for a team that wants to win a Super Bowl. He's a game manager. Yes. And not a game manager in the good sense. No. Uh, I'll go sleeper, sleepers of the week before we close out here. Um, and I think we did an hour, which I did not expect that. So solid and sounds good so far. But uh, sleeper, sleeper of the week, I think um, my sleeper of the week are the Carolina Panthers. I think they're a scrappy team. I would have said Detroit, but I, I don't have their schedule pulled up here. And Detroit, just anybody Detroit plays, you should be worried because they nearly beat Buffalo on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, so – I think my sleeper of the week is the Carolina Panthers. They're just 
a savvy team to me. Um, I think they look a lot different uh, with their coaching staff, and I really like Steve Wilkes. I really do. Uh, I'm also a bit biased about black head coaches. I just don't. It's just a shame to me that the NBA can have half and half. Yeah. But the NFL just can't get that right. Um, yeah. But I really think um, Carolina. I love see. I love the Seahawks, but Carolina might give them a run for their money. Um, I like the Seahawks because of Geno. Geno's a great story, but Carolina is a really sappy team. So that's my sleeper of the week. Yeah. Uh, my sleeper of the week. That one's kind of hard. Probably, who are the Jaguars playing? Uh, I can pull that out right here. Jaguars versus Titans. That actually might be a good, it was a divisional game. That might be a good pick. And, you know. and Lawrence has been firing on all cylinders like these past few weeks. Yeah. How much yeah. Uh, did he, how bad was that injury uh, that he had? It's questionable. He's questionable? It's questionable. Um, he will, they, you know, they say he will play against kind of Tennessee. Okay. But, so he'll be limited in mobility a little bit, but I don't think that's really his game. Like, yeah. Like, he's very much a, you know, the, the push it down the field sort of guy. I think he'll be fine working within the pocket. Um, yeah, I think the Jags are starting to fire on all cylinders, too. Like just as a team. All right. So uh, thanks for watching. Um, this is going to be uh, a rotating uh, thing. Like um, sometimes I may not be here. Sometimes Kyle may not be here. We got uh, possibly two other guys that are going to be doing this podcast with us. Um, I will see them, though. I'll probably be the person that's editing them and sending them out. But uh this is Kyle. I'm I'm D, and we've got Nick and Alex possibly joining us with these, and we're gonna try to do these at least once a week, maybe even twice a week if we can squeeze it in. Bear with us. We're either college students or working class people, so we're trying to figure this out. Um, still figuring out what platforms we're gonna put it on, but thanks for tuning in. However, you got this, and uh, work name is a work in progress, but peace.